Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. More than 10 million people have seen Nathan Sawaya's art. That's as many people as saw the Mona Lisa in the Louvre last year. But when they see Nathan's work, they tend to focus on the medium, especially if they happen to step on one of his tools in the dark while putting their kids to bed. See, Nathan's artistic medium is Legos. It's been almost 20 years since Nathan debuted his work in the exhibit, The Art of the Brick. He creates original sculptures out of one of our favorite childhood toys. He also reimagines masterpieces like Michelangelo's David and Van Gogh's Starry Night, completely out of Legos. Since then, Nathan's exhibit has toured in more than 100 cities around the world. It's finally come to South Florida. The Art of the Brick opens Saturday at the Olympia Theater in downtown Miami. It's the ultimate Legomaniac. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. It's great to be able to, to talk to a fellow Lego lover because because ah. that, I mean, I, I think I speak for, for how many little boys around the world right. who had access to Legos for the first time and kind of saw the world in, in tiny pixelated blocks, right? Exactly. See the world in rectangles. That's how I kind of focus on it, for sure. Well, it, it's, you know, I think we've gotten used to at this point you know, we've seen different creations. You know, you go to a, you know, a Legoland or you're in downtown mm -hmm. Disney and you see these, a, an interesting creation out of Legos. But your work is, is more than that. It's more than recreations. Your, your work is a specific artistic vision. Thank um, you. That, and it's that, and you know, you, you talk about it. It's that combination of surrealism and pop art. It's, it's your paint. It's your paint. Exactly. It's taking this medium into places it's never been before. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I started out, I would see, as you said, at toy stores, you'd see, you know, displays. In fact, when I started out 20 years ago, hmm. the displays were mostly like trains and castles and things. Uh, it's gotten much more advanced since then. But but I wanted to take this toy and do something that I'd never seen before. And that was kind of inject emotion into the toy as an art form. Right. And so I, I focused on human forms because I felt that was the way I could really inject emotion into it. And uh, just started creating sculptures more and more until we got the art of the brick up and running. As you said, almost 20 years ago. Yeah, well, so much of toys and like, there was this conversation, right, when the Mar Barbie movie came out over the summer, right. uh, this idea that like a toy is just a, a vehicle for a, a child, a person to, to imprint or express their own uh, their own view of the world, right? right. Like to, to bring out something in them. Yeah, and exactly. And really, that's, that's, how you, that's how you treat the medium itself. It's like, this is... Yeah, again, uh, you know, for me, it, it is just a medium. It's a tool, as you said. It's a tool that I use to express personal emotions, personal journeys, but also allow the viewer to have a role interpreting the art and maybe take them on a memory or a, a journey themselves. Because, because so many people have played with Lego, or have stepped on a Lego brick or their kids have played with it, they have a familiarity with it that allows them to kind of connect to this type of art really easily. There's, um, there's this, this uh, I think folks should understand, like when they walk into this exhibit, and we, we have a little bit of a preview of it, um, we haven't, haven't had a chance to go, but you see this preview of it, and there's this one exhibit where you're in a dark room and things are spotlighted, hmm. and it's very much, uh, you've been, you, you're stepping into your own, this place that is of your creation, you're creating this kind of mood and an atmosphere. And it's really, uh, at parts, kind of haunting. Um, <laughs> what's the exhibit? There's one, it looks like, 
it looks like hands in red reaching right. down from below and then there's it feels like like bodies suspended above it and it's very much this angels and demons feel and it's not it's not your kids toy kind of view you know yeah it's it's a piece called division and it uses over a hundred thousand bricks and you're right there's uh there's literally over 100 red hands reaching up from all these loose lego bricks and then above it i've i've hung over a dozen figures they're flying overhead and they're all in the colors of the sky essentially you see blue obviously but also like whites and grays of the clouds and these figures are flying over and i call it division uh for personal reasons but again i use really simple titles because i want the viewer to have a role in the interpretation and you mm. said you know it's almost you know how you described it angels and demons well that's your take on it mm. and i think it's an accurate take but you know other people might see something completely different and I, I, that's again why i like very simple titles so the viewer can put their inject their own thoughts into it that that's interesting too because there's uh you know i've heard other avenues where artists you know they have a specific thing they want they want people to 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 feel an emotion they want right. to feel but it seems like you're also open to like what does this make you particularly feel yeah right? One of my most famous uh, sculptures is a piece called Yellow, mm -hmm. and it's a figure tearing its chest open and thousands of Lego bricks are spilling out of its chest. And I, I think I've been contacted about that piece more than any other piece I've ever done. But people have a very different idea of what it means to them. And, that, and, and if you think about the title, Yellow, doesn't really give much away. Right. All that says is that's the color of the piece. Everything else is up to your interpretation. And I think it kind of goes back to Lego being an accessible art form again. You know, let's open it up to everyone. Let's make it universal because the toy is universal. I, as you said, I'd been to over a hundred cities with this exhibition, and that includes every continent except Antarctica. So I've met folks from all over the world, but people connect with this toy universally because there's some simplicity to it. It's about snapping two bricks together. Right, right. There's a, you, there's a something that you can relate to that in the sense that, um, I, and and you know when you see one of your pieces, I can't imagine the amount of technical skill and artistry it takes to create such a technical ability to create such a thing, especially things that are towering. You make some pieces that are towering in the same way that when you know you see a you know a, a painting painted on wood from you know a thousand years ago. Uh, you know, in a museum in Europe where you're like, that also took that, you know what I'm right. saying? Like these are, these are all huge technical challenges right. we're talking about in creating ultimately an art form, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a very kind comparison because, uh, you know, uh, these are not thousand year old pieces, but they are, they do take a lot of time. I do, I do say you need patience for this job because when I'm, I'm working on a piece, I mean, not a lot of folks know this, but when I'm working on a piece, I'm gluing each individual brick together as I go. Oh, that's interesting too, because obviously, uh, you know, th uh, to to maintain the shapes, right? <laughs> yeah. Some of them they have to be glued together, otherwise they would yeah. come apart. Yeah, exactly. I, I we ship these exhibitions all over the world, and I want to make sure they arrive in one piece. So I'm gluing each piece as I go, mm -hmm. which means if I make a mistake, I actually have to get a chisel out and chisel sections apart if it doesn't look right. Oh my God, you must go through so many. You must yeah. go through so many uh, discarded Legos. I have bu a bucket <laughs> under my desk that I'm constantly emptying out of discarded Lego bricks that have been glued. So they can't be reused. You know, they get kind of messed up. Right. But that's part of the process. And so you do need patience. These these projects don't happen in one day. These are long 
projects. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because your your Instagram account is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you. it's just like it's a it's a funnel for for attention. You know, you could lose hours in it because and you get a, a view a little bit of your workspace and just sure. like and all behind you, there's these these perfectly beautifully aligned boxes with bricks of many colors and shapes, I assume. Right. And, um, and I'm curious about your space. Like what, where, where are you when you're creating? Like physically, are you listening to music? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you oh, quiet? You that's know? a good question. I mean, it depends on the piece. Sometimes I have, you know, some pop music on to get me into work. Sometimes it is a podcast. Sometimes it's just classical music. It just kind of depends on what I'm working on and where I am mentally. Yeah. Um, and uh, the space, you say it's all like nice looking behind me. Those are probably curated photos because it's a mess. <laughs> Is it uh, no, kids always pick up your Lego bricks at the end of the day, of course, <laughs> and put them in their proper bin. Yeah. But when I'm working, you know, it's like any artist, you know, you're not stopping to clean up. I'm just going for it. Right. Now, I keep about 10 million Lego bricks in, in my inventory at any given time. That is that is un, I, I can't picture what 10 million bricks of Legos looks like. It's about two two warehouses full. Wow, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the thinking there is, I want to have you know every shape and color I might need if I get an idea. I don't want to have to think, oh, I have this great idea for a sculpture, but I'm going to need to get an uh, order this. Because when I order bricks, it's it's months before I actually receive them. Right. So I want to keep a full inventory of, of mainly bricks and plates. Plates are the thinner Lego pieces. Right. So that I can just go right into it when I'm ready. But that means keeping a big inventory. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I'll tell you, my, my entry in the Legos is uh, I got this huge cardboard box as a kid, and it was hand-me-down from a friend whose son had had grown up, you know, had left the house, was in college or whatever, and I got this huge cardboard box. Right. And uh, my cousin, who later went on to be an engineer and then an attorney, <laughs> uh, we he would come over and we would just dump this enormous box on the ground and just start creating. And if there wasn't a piece that was your size, you know, like go get like the you know the knife from the kitchen or a pair of scissors and wow. like cut the piece in half to to make it fit. Uh, and it and it was very much like a um like a discovery of, you know, kind of looking around and seeing. Yeah. Do, what does it does it vary with you sometimes like uh, are you looking at at pieces and and thinking about what you're going to create next or do you do you are there times where you just come in with a feeling about what you want to oh, create? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a good question, but it's also a tough one cuz you know, ideas, inspiration, they come from a lot of different places. Right. Right? Where does inspiration come from, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, can you answer that in the yeah, next couple of minutes? I mean, what I would say is fortunately, I have five exhibitions that are touring. So I do get to travel a lot, go to different locations, meet different people. And I use that. I use those experiences, this, you know, to, to jot down ideas. Um, and interesting. And that's, that's probably a starting point in, in, you know how it is. You, you're looking at one thing and it might spark an idea of something completely different, but I jot those ideas down and then come back to them later. And that's, that's where inspiration comes from. Yeah, I, it's it's actually um, it helps put it into context too. You having five exhibitions touring right now. I know you're there's one in Paris right now. Right. I mean, right. so like we're we're talking kind of all over the world. Legos really have helped you have opened up the world to you in a way that I imagine you could uh, not have imagined. No, never would have imagined. Never would have dreamt this. When I had my first solo art exhibition, I thought, well, this will be my last solo art exhibition. You know, I'll go all out here. This will be fun, and then I'll find a real job. But oh, look really? at me now. Uh, you know, here we are years later, and it's still going, and it's, it is a dream come true. 
When was your full, first solo art exhibition? 2007. Right, right. Because yeah. you've been now doing this, what's, that's been 17 years. That was yeah. the first The Art of the Brick, right? Yeah, exactly. And it was probably two dozen pieces. And now shows have anywhere from 80 to 120 pieces per show. Um, so wow. it's it, it has been a way to see the world and meet folks. I mean, I've met folks of all walks of life. And that is something I never dreamed. I never thought I'd meet presidents or royalty or these famous actors and musicians because of Lego bricks. <laughs> I mean, who, who would have dreamt it? Have you found yourself in kind of like a pinch me moment? Like, you know, what was, what uh, are whole, some of those? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, it's been pinch me moments, <laughs> you know, since right. it started. Right. I right. used to, if, you know, we, we joked about me uh, being a lawyer, but I used to be a lawyer in New York city working, you know, 60 hours, 80 hours a week doing corporate law. I never thought this would take off and oh, become Nathan. something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nathan. <laughs> Legos really saved you. They really did. They really did. Our guest today is Nathan Sawaya. He's a contemporary artist who uses Lego bricks exclusively for his art. Nathan, I'm curious, um, talking about kind of this origin story, I know that you've, you've talked about this, I'm sure, already, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious how it kind of how art itself came into your life. You, you grew up in the Pacific Northwest, right? Correct, yes. So talk to me about what, who the artists were like in your life. What did art look like for you as a kid growing up? Oh, as growing up? I mean, it was Dr. Seuss and Shel Silverstein, right? Like, I mean, when I was a young kid, I thought, oh, I'll be an illustrator. And, uh, you know, artist was always something I could aspire to. I had very uh, good parents that really encouraged creativity. What, what did your parents do? Were they creative? In no, general? not at all. They were the, they <laughs> my father was a civil engineer. Hmm. You know, so I say there's some genetic engineering in me, I think, because I do do a lot of engineering in these large, larger sculptures. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, your mom? Uh, she was a journalist. So, you know. Uh, oh, poor thing. Right? We all, we feel for her here in the studio. We do. <laughs> <laughs> but so you're, so you're. But but what a, a kind of a uh, an interesting background. And what did, what did each like bring into your life? Like what were the art forms that you? So you grew up reading a lot, reading and drawing them. Reading, uh, drawing. Uh, I mean, there was always creative toys around the house. There was play doh to sculpt with. There was finger paints always, or or regular paints. You know, uh, there was drawing crayons, all sorts of creative toys, erector sets, and of course a lot of Lego bricks. I mean, they encouraged that creativity in a way that was very kind in that. They allowed me to have a 36 square foot Lego city in our living room. It That's was behind amazing. the couch. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you recreate a city or did you create one from scratch? No, no, it was all just uh, my, my, my city. I mean, some of it was sets, like I'd buy the, mm -hmm. the hospital set or the fire station set and add them. And then I'd do my own you know, restaurants and, and housing developments and such. And it was... Look, you were a developer, right? <laughs> like seven-year-old uh, real estate developer. Something like that. It was my respite. <laughs> That's where I could go after school. Because we were out... In, I was in Oregon in the country, you know, very rural. So there wasn't neighbor kids for another mile. So were you an only child or... I had a sisters? younger sister. Uh, she was into Barbies. And of course, they would come and visit every once in a while to the city. But the scale was... Yeah, it, it, she was like Godzilla. <laughs> exactly. Like. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you know, that's that's where I really honed some of my skills. And it was early on. It was actually when I wanted to get a dog. And my folks said, you're not getting a dog that I took apart part of my Lego city and built myself a life size dog. Oh, a life size dog. What kind of dog? 
generic well, dog? Well, it was very rectangular. It was just, <laughs> so uh, let's call eight it bit. a boxer. It was an 8-bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty boxy looking. And All right, in journalism, right? Always get the name of the dog. Did the <laughs> yeah. dog have a name? Uh, it, it really didn't because it, it didn't <laughs> stick around that long. And that's the that's the thing about Legos. There's a and 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 again, and using it for an artistic purpose, is that it's an it's evanescent, right? Yeah, like yeah. you kill you you build something, and then and then in a little while later, you need those bricks to build something exactly. else. But that was probably the aha moment when I was like, oh, you don't have to build what's on the front of the box. You can mm-hmm. take this and build yourself a dog. And if you want to be a rock star the next day, you can build yourself a guitar. And if you want to be an astronaut the next day, you build yourself a rocket. Like it was like. When I realized uh, there's no limits, and I would rediscover that later in life as an artist with this medium. What, was there a moment or people in your life that really stand out to you when you look back that really that encouraged this beyond what was in the box? You know, that encouraged this, that encouraged you to follow down an artistic path versus you know, like you did at sure. one point going to a, a, a law school. Program. Yeah. Well, there was. Uh, yeah, there's a few teachers. Uh, you know that uh, really encouraged uh, the creativity side of it. And using Lego was was always something I, I kind of brought into the classroom. Mm-hmm. So, oh, we have to do a project where we build a little, I don't know, science fair project. When, mm-hmm. And suddenly, oh, here's an excuse to bring Lego into my, into my classroom and, and create something that was, for me, partial, partly toy, but also partly whatever the, the assignment was. Yeah, I can relate. I remember, I, I want to say that, you know, one of my submissions to the county youth fair started as a school project, and it was like I just remade my house. There you, know? you go. And uh, and you know my parents in it, and everybody seems to be like kind of taken with this idea of this you know creation of. I mean, like I didn't know that there were Legos with sets and instructions until like I'd been playing them with them for years because my parents you know were not not a rich family, so yeah. we had these hand me downs. You know? Right, right. Um, so I'm curious, like, what were some of those that people that you know that that struck you when an adult or somebody kind of said, Hey, this, this is really interesting. Well, I mean, that's just it. It's when the, you know, I, I remember a science fair where I had uh, a bunch of Lego creations mm-hmm. for, it was supposed to be uh, what, what is the County going to look like in 30 years? And I came up with all these ideas of what the County would look like. And then I represented them in Lego. And that was a big moment for me where folks were like, wow, this is really cool and i realized probably subconsciously you know lego brings people in right. again that familiarity they're like this is really neat if i'd done that same project out of cardboard boxes and crayons i don't know if it gets the same reaction but oh, be- i agree yeah you know there's there's a there's a whimsy to it yeah of a of a of a, a, applying a product that is that is not it doesn't feel like it's meant for this, and then it's it's transformed in another way. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what the art of the brick is all about. Is 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 it meant for art? Doesn't matter. Let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. And you talk about whimsy. One of the pieces in the art of the brick is a it's a twenty foot long Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton, and it it is a bit about whimsy because when I when I had my first solo exhibition years ago. Mm-hmm. I was shocked at how many families were coming to this art museum. You know, families would come up to me and be like, we've never been to an art museum, you know, you know oh. but we're here because we want to see your art out of Lego. Oh, so that has to be so gratifying to exactly. bring people to the arts in a way that oh, is yeah. so uh, organic and fun, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I wanted, relatable. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to give back. And I saw these kids coming through and I was like, I, what do kids love? Oh, they love dinosaurs. 
let's let's spend the summer and that's what i did the next summer three months to what i did on. what i did last summer a tyrannosaurus rex <laughs> skeleton but amazing yeah that's part part of the fun part of the whimsy but also transforming what the brick can be did you um I'm trying to picture, you know, you getting to this point where you turn your life over to this. To, yeah. to basically, I always say it's jumping from one ice float to the other, right? Where you make bit. that you make that leap. Um, when you 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 when well, like what was the moment where you started thinking about like this is a career, like making art is a career? Yeah, yeah, it's it was an interesting journey. So I was practicing law in New York. I was doing these long days. I'd come home at night. I would need some sort of outlet. You know, some people go to the gym at the end of the day. For me, I needed to be creative at the end of the day. So I would do like painting and drawing and, and sculpture, but sculpture out of more traditional media like clay and wire. And it was just one day I thought, well, you know, I used to, I used to play with this toy. I dug it out of my closet, started building with Lego and started using that as a medium. And it just kind of grew organically from there. That's amazing. So you hadn't touched Legos, hadn't thought about Legos in a long time? I'm not saying I didn't think about them. <laughs> like, I still had them in my college dorm room, mm -hmm. like hidden under my bed. I never brought them out, but they were a security <laughs> blanket. But uh, yeah, I hadn't hadn't touched them in a while. And then just, uh, I think it was actually my folks were, were cleaning out the garage and they were like, we're shipping you all these boxes or we're throwing them out. I was like, no, I want them. Oh, and that's so they shipped me that was boxes the of that... Lego brick that I just stuffed in my closet in, New York, in my New York City apartment. But one day I, I pulled it out and started using it. And and that, that must have been a, I mean, I, I'm trying to picture you from the Pacific Northwest in mm. New York City, yeah. like how different your life is <laughs> and, yeah. and how much Legos maybe rooted you in uh, I don't know, in, in a different, in childhood? In a, in yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, you, we joke about me, you know, saying it's a security blanket, but it probably was some truth to it being a security blanket because I was this this kid from the, my town had 2,500 people in it, you know? Wow. So then I went to the big city when I was 17, never had visited New York before, never had been east of the Mississippi before, right? Like, this is big, here we go. And just kind of dropped myself down in New York and went for it. Were you terrified or did, yeah. you, did you jump? Yeah. Did you adjust pretty quickly? No, no, it was six months of pure terror. Wow. <laughs> no, it took me a while. I was the small town kid and I, they put me in a, you know, I was went to NYU. So I was in a dorm room with uh, two other guys who were uh, from Manhattan. So it was a very different world. Wow, did you was art in your life at that point? You know, it was. I I drew a lot back then. I mean, I drew all over my dorm room walls. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got in terrible trouble for it at the end of the. the <laughs> what end kind of, the year. of things? Out like what scale? Small little no big scribbles giant or big things. And, and like I even drew a gigantic cat in a hat above my desk, which goes back to my Dr. Seuss days, right? Like amazing. So. That childhood whimsy is something I tried to pull with me constantly. And, I, and I'm not joking about having Lego in a box under my bed. Like, I had it there, too. Right. Yeah. And so there's this point where you're, you're, you're an attorney and you're, you know, working in this job. Uh, at what point do you, does, there must have been a point, right, where, it's, where you start thinking, I'm going to create art at this. Or someone says, some, someone should see this thing that you created. Yeah. What was that thing? I mean, yeah, we've we've jumped to me being an attorney, but we, you know, I was in college as this young budding artist, and yeah. then at, at some point, I'm like, oh, I should go to law school <laughs> because because I didn't really have faith in my art, to be honest. Oh, so you went to you went to NYU thinking 
of an art career. To no, I went, I went there because of my mother. I was going to be a journalist. But really? then I, I look at you and I think, wow. Good, right good decision. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I, 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 I went there to study journalism, and I, I then eventually, you know, but art was always in the back of my mind. But again, I didn't have faith in it. So I took art classes, but I never pursued it as a major. Ended up going to law school right after college. And because I wow, wanted- you were a frustrated artist the whole time. Like yeah. they, that was. That was the thing that was giving you joy every day was the to art. a point, yeah. I mean, it, but I it wasn't giving me security, and mm-hmm. I was again scared. So, go be a professional. You know, you be a lawyer. You know, you got a job, kind of thing. So that's what I ended up doing, going to law school, and I practiced in New York City for a few years, and then it was actually when we back to your original question about you know sharing my art, I, I put a website together which was my virtual gallery. And I just started sharing what I was doing and people reached out and said, oh, this is this is cool. Can you make me this? Can you make me that? What what was your medium? What were you working at? I mean, Lego bricks. Already Lego bricks. So this is, you know, after, long hours after the law firm, I was working in the evenings on these Lego projects and exploring what could be done with Lego. And it started out very simplistic, looking around the apartment saying, oh, there's an apple. Can I build an apple out of Lego? There's a baseball. Can I build a baseball out of Lego? You were teaching yourself the technique without knowing i was honing my skills yeah. yeah yeah i was learning how to make a sphere using just rectangular pieces right and that is one of the keys like when kids talk to me today about like how can i be you i say well you practice patience and learning how to build curves out of rectangular pieces wow yeah I- i'm curious about the frustrating moments like Go. as you're as you're learning this technical career a thing a thing that's not supposed to exist yeah uh, you know well i mean there is there's tons of frustration of course you because the the medium itself only comes in certain shapes, only comes in certain colors. And back then it, it seemed like obstacles. Now I kind of embrace that. I embrace that the medium has only a certain number of colors. You know, I, it, it's it, like a haiku. In a way it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that. I love having that structure now. I, I mean, how I'm curious how having, you know, because Legos when I was growing up, like, it's the one that they made fun of in the movie, right? right. It was the spaceship guy. That yeah, yeah. was that was the the Legos that I had. It was very basic. Now there's all kinds of curves and edges and yeah. specialty parts and everything yeah. else. And I'm curious whether any of that has changed your art. Well, to a certain extent, I suppose you will see in some of my pieces. I add a little detail here and there. Maybe maybe the eyes of something are a specialty piece, or maybe. Uh, like in the exhibition, there's a replica of the girl with the pearl earring, the the famous painting. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So for the pearl, I've used a little globe, which is a crystal ball from one of the Harry Potter sets. Right. Oh, that's great. So it's not actually a brick. It's a round piece, but it, it kind of comes out and gives a little bit of dimension to the replica. And the thinking there is the same, you know. Yes, I'll use a little bit of detail, but for the most part, it's all bricks. You notice it's the art of the brick. It's not the art of Lego. Right, right. I was going to say they are, they are, they are giving you uh, the parameters right. by providing you the, uh, the the equipment. Right, like right. you're not making your own bricks. Um, I'm so you start putting, or, or are you? No, I'm not oh. making my own bricks. But that is one of the one of the challenges. Mm. Is that let's say uh, let's say because I use a toy company for my supplier. I'm not like a painter. A painter can get some yellow paint, some blue paint, mix it together. They have green paint. 
<laughs> I, I can't take a yellow brick and a blue brick and smash them together and get a green brick. I'm restricted to their output. So this toy companies say, maybe they're not making any sets with pink this year, right? Well, then I can't buy pink bricks. Right. So wow. I'm limited to what they're putting out. And they are a toy company. They're not an art supply store. And I know that very well. Right. Again, one reason I keep a big inventory. So if they discontinue a certain color, I still have enough of it to, to create. But to create. it is interesting how I'm kind of subject to the whims of the market. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so interesting to me that, you know, you you're you're an artist. You're an artist that's working all these mediums quietly as you're working your, you know, your grueling corporate uh <laughs> law job. And you open this website and you start putting in some of your pieces. When was the? When did you know? What was the reaction? What happened? When did you know that you had hit on something special? That you had hit on a nerve? Yeah. Well, there was a moment. There was a moment. It was. It was when my website crashed from too many hits, and I thought, oh. "There's something here. This is it. There, there's definitely a market here." Because I was doing commission work and, and getting jobs that I was taking on in the evening. Like what? I, what kind of what kind of commissions were you getting? I was like, oh, could you make a portrait of my child? Or could you build- Out of Legos. Mil- yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you build my dog out of Lego? Uh, uh, you know, some, some funny requests from businesses. Could you build our logo? That kind of thing. Well, so much art is like that. There's a commercial aspect, like I have to feed myself. Yeah, exactly. And at the same time, you're creating things for you. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, Warhol was doing store windows to pay for things, you right. know, before he became Warhol. And that's that was part of it. I knew I had to, I had to pay the bills. Um, and well, I, I made the decision to pay the bills at a Lego rather than lawyer. Yeah. So I, I left the law firm and I had to go into on the 42nd floor and tell my boss, I'm leaving the firm to go play with toys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, what were the pieces that made your website crash? Was there something in specific or is it just, you I, were just getting that kind of volume? I just, yeah, I was just getting volume. I don't remember if there was anything specific, a few, you know, it's, I, it was right when I started focusing on human forms and really, and that's what started taking off. And then uh, eventually I, I put that solo show together and it's been on the road ever since. Who was, who was your sounding board there? Because it's I can't imagine making a decision like that in the vacuum of just your you and your brain in your apartment. Uh, who were the folks that that encouraged you at that point? Well, I was dating someone at the time who, um, you know, and I was I was a bit embarrassed of what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, because she was a lawyer and, and she would she would come by my apartment and I wouldn't let her look in the closet. And oh, that's that's, and that's New shady. York City guy, and then don't look in that closet. That's and terrifying. Then, <laughs> and then every every time we got to my apartment, the doorman would be like, "Oh, you got a package, all right?" I was always getting these packages, and so I was, and I would just put them away, put them away. And she thought I was some sort of drug dealer, or I had this <laughs> terrible porn habit. She's like, and she just confronted me one day, and she's like. What what is it? What's what, in the box? What's, what's in the box? And it Nathan? turns out to be Lego, which she was relieved <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kind of pivoted and was very encouraging at that point, right? Um, so that was that was one person in my life. Later on, I would I would meet my wife. We met on a uh, a TV show. She was doing a segment. She was a guest doing a segment. I was a guest, and we met. And uh, we stayed in touch, and, and now we're married. And she's always been very encouraging. She's Amazing. in a she's in a creative field, so she she gets it. What was she pitching at the time? What were you in the studio for? Um, Do you remember? Well, I was I was 
what do you think I was talking about? I was talking about Lego. Yeah, Lego. I don't remember what she was doing there, but uh, it was it was kind of a fun. So, in a weird way, Katie Couric introduced us because it was on the Today Show. Oh, that's a nice. That's that's a great me cute. Isn't that a crazy story? Our guest today is Nathan Sawaya. He's a contemporary artist who uses Lego bricks for his art. Nathan, you're you have this exhibit. I mean, any and like you said, you're like maybe I'll do this one exhibit, right. and I'll get this out of my system, maybe, <laughs> or it'll, or who knows what it'll lead to. Who can predict the kind of unbridled success that it has? Like, yeah. what was it immediate? What, what was the first exhibit? Was it immediate? I mean, so the first exhibit was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. at the Lancaster Museum of Art. It annually does not at the Whitney. No, <laughs> annually does thirty-five thousand people. Oh wow! Over the first six weeks, we did twenty-five thousand for this show. So we wow. all knew at that moment. Oh, there's something to this. There's did you have an inkling, this. or was it a total? No, shocking, shocking. Uh, again, I, I never thought it would go anywhere. I, I was over the moon to do this exhibition. And the fact that it did so well was just great. And then that other museums called and said, hey, we love this. We, can you come here? Can you come there? And then it's just kept growing and growing. Who did you? Who was your first call to? Like when, you, when the museum calls and is like, we are overrun. What's happening here? Like who, who are you? Funnily enough, I kept it quiet. Hmm. I didn't tell a soul for a while. Come on, like, this is going to go away if I say it out loud? Kind of thing, yeah. But then when it happened, when it was really happening, I treated it like a wedding. I invited all my friends and family. I had a big rehearsal dinner the night before the opening. (laughs) Uh, You know, had the reception afterwards, uh, after the opening. So, because, again, I thought this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Let's bring everyone in. And they did. They flew in from all over the country, which was so kind. And then... It was just a moment. It was just one of those. That must like, have been so emotional. It was. So emotional. It was what, your, what was it like for your parents? Oh, I mean, over the moon, you know, because they had seen me go from this creative kid to a lawyer. And don't get me wrong. They were very happy for me to be a lawyer. Yeah, you're you making know? money. You're taking care of yourself. They're exactly. Happy about that. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there might have been some parental pressures to become a professional mm-hmm. at the time. True. So they were happy. I'd done it. I tried it. And now I'd moved on to something that made me happy oh that's nice yeah i'm i'm then you know you have this exhibit and the thing goes wild you know you have this incredible feedback when does it really start to get into a territory where like this is really unexpected like these like opportunities that you that you're would never have imagined yeah i it just kept kind of growing and and that's that was something i never imagined i mean when i left the law firm I did something interesting. I let my legal license expire because I didn't want the safety net of like, oh, I could always go back and be a lawyer. So I let that license expire so that it kind of kicked me in the pants that I have to make this work or do something else. And so I would take on projects. And what I was doing is I'd take on a project for a commission, a paid paid gig, mm-hmm. and then I'd do something for myself. And then a paid gig, and then something for myself. And the stuff that was for myself is what turned into the art of the brick. So that 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 belief in yourself, mm. you know, that was that was critical. What, what what were the yeah? What were the ones where you're like, yes, I I I'm not this, I'm not a fraud. I am for <laughs> real. My art is for real. Ah, uh, like what are the what are the moments? Yeah, I, I you know, I I still still question them. I still have those moments of like. Is this, are we still doing this? Is this still possible? 
I mean, at the time when I made that transition, it was weird because I was going from a very secure lifestyle mm -hmm. where I felt like, you know, I had a, I had a girlfriend who was a lawyer. I was a lawyer. I had a six-figure salary. I, I had benefits, all these things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to put all that away to go play with toys and try and make it work. And I went into a, a kind of a scary place because I didn't know if I'd be able to pay rent. I didn't know if I would keep this up for very long. And I think having time to prepare was key because I, as I said, I didn't just quit the job one day and start playing. I had spent two years building up a repertoire, learning how to build with Lego, putting a website together. And so when people come to me and they say, hey, I hate my nine to five job. I want to be like you. Or I want to be an artist or whatever. I say, well, you, you need that plan in place. Then you can make that, that leap. I mean, it's important to follow the dream for sure. I encourage it, but don't just quit one day without a plan in place. Right. There's got to be a, you got to have a foot in each world before you're ready to. Yeah. Yeah. To it's to the it's like if you are sick of being a, a nine to five office worker, but, and you want to be a rock star, I love it, but be sure to learn how to play the guitar first. Right. At yeah. 501, <laughs> leave the office right at 501 and get home and start playing your guitar. Right. Right. Before yeah. you make that next step. Yeah. So I'm so curious, you know, you're so identified with this particular medium, right? Yeah. That do you feel locked in by it? Like, are there times you're like, boy, I'd like to work in, you know, clay or whatever else and you feel like, you know, can I still do that? Am I allowed to do that? You right. know, I, you know, I think about it sometimes. I think if I hadn't experimented so much when I was younger with other media, mm -hmm. you know, I did a series of sculptures out of candy tiny pieces of candy where I was sculpting these larger forms, which is somewhat similar because yeah. it's additive sculpture, tiny pieces, larger forms. Uh, candy is much more delicious, <laughs> but, you know, put on a few too many pounds, decided, okay, we got to figure something else out. The ants in your apartment. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. The so longevity. You really, of it's the interesting. Sculptures. So you're really building towards this. It's almost like unknowingly you were, you were looking for the medium to build in this Kind of. Yeah. The, the medium has become my choice of 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 tools and uh as i said with 10 million bricks i don't think i'm going anywhere else for a while yeah i, I love it still i love it if i didn't love it i would have to find something else but it is a pretty fun job and you know I, i'm probably an introvert in that i'm very happy to sit alone in my studio alone with my dog in my studio listen to music and build with lego for 10 12 14 hours at a time amazing and, and then that's just how I roll. Amazing. <laughs> Do you ever employ like, you know, uh, assistants or interns? Oh, sure. I mean, like yeah. when it comes to the art of the brick, you're looking at an amazing team of people, mm. uh, folks from all over. But because we have, you know, we have to ship these things, the artwork ships in these giant wooden crates, everything has to be assembled. You mentioned lighting earlier. Lighting, I think, is a key component to all art exhibitions. You really want to get the mood the right way, right? right? And so a lot goes into it. But when it comes to the building of the art exhibition, it's it's these two hands that does all the work. Wow. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, as you're as you're exploring new I mean, as technology changes, as the bricks change, as you know, as you meet other artists, yeah. you know, have you talked to me about some of the ways where that's taking it taking you into new ways from what you were doing almost twenty or twenty years ago, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I do love collaboration. I think it's fun to work with other artists. I've worked with comic book artists. I, like, I worked with, uh, he's the publisher and president of DC Comics now, Jim Lee. Wow. And we worked on a Batmobile. And I got to build a life-size 
Batmobile out of Lego at, that Jim helped design. Oh, that's really so cool. you know collaborations like that are dreams come true. Uh, but I also like I've collaborated with Dean West, who uh, is a former Miami uh, resident. He's now a little further north, but right, he was from Miami Beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you guys did a beautiful. Uh, it's like a, it's this melding of of Lego and photography. Exactly. So it's like it's like you're looking at it, it's a photo, like a composed photo, and then there's these little pieces inside that are yeah. actually Lego and it's almost like you're peeling back the world and you're like what is this right. what is this photo composed of exactly because the 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 photos the images are all about the construction of identity right because mm. we all kind of are constructing our identity with social media and whatnot these days so for these images these tableaus we we do incorporate my Lego sculptures into his hyper-realistic photos and yeah for kids it's kind of a where's waldo moment they can see these images and somewhere in there something in there is made out of lego but there is a deeper meaning behind it yeah yeah it's it's definitely like uh like those disney movies where there's something for the kids but it's really aimed at getting the adults in the theater exactly like there's this um there's this one where um it's like a a woman who's who's watering her lawn but there's no lawn it's all it's an all dirt lawn you know and dried up trees and it's there's so much there's so much unsaid there exactly you know um all all through expression talk to you about some of those other things like other ones like when some when you create when you work in a collaboration like that yeah does it open up something for you in your mind does it does it push your art forward i think it does push your art forward because you find yourself working in ways you wouldn't or thinking in ways you wouldn't and i love that i love to get someone else's brain in there and Mm -hmm. see how they think about it i mean so dean west the photographer and i we sat at coffee shops hours on ends just Mm -hmm. you know doodling on napkins coming up with these ideas and that's the fun part of it I think it's it's bouncing those ideas off of someone else. So I do I do like it. And it's so different from what you do. Like you said, you're you're usually twelve to fourteen hours alone in your studio creating and now you're collaborating. Yeah. It's it's a definitely a different part of it. Uh but I I do like that part. But then, you know, I'm exhausted and I miss just being alone in my studio. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious whether uh yeah, you need to recharge your batteries. Exactly. It is the is the art of the brick, the exhibit does it change like mm-hmm. are there have you know is it is it kind of this medium where is it a is it a, uh, a box that you get to build inside of differently throughout or do you ever, do you ever think of like i would like to do a different kind of exhibition that would i don't know i'm curious about well yeah that. i mean so not you know as i mentioned there's five exhibitions currently not all of them are the same um mm-hmm. They and yes everything's always changing i'm adding pieces i'm subtracting pieces um just because i'm still creating Right. And right. so I, I want to add new things and I want to change it. And some stuff, you know, that I did years ago, I'm like, ah, it doesn't hold up. I don't want I don't want to use that anymore. And some stuff is 15, 20 years old and it's just part of the show. And yeah. so it's always a mixed bag. It's funny because the uh, the piece that you mentioned earlier, yellow, which is a lot yeah. of people know, and it's like a, it's like a torso faceless kind of opening and there's yellow bricks spilling out. Um, I, I saw one review that that. Um, described it as maybe a self-portrait and Mm. um you had something as on your instagram which is like a it's like a video montage that is you actually do call self-portrait so i'm curious about that about do you do you you find yourself kind of re-examining who you are as an artist as you oh yeah for sure definitely i think a lot of my art uh can it's probably a self-portrait in a certain extent Mm. because you can look at it and you see you know, you see a lot of pieces about metamorphosis, right? Change and transition. Well, you know, I've, I've been through a lot in my life. And there's particular pieces that have come out that are, you know, 
I look back on it, I'm like, oh, this was clearly when I was depressed and it's all about my depression and, mm-hmm. and this piece or, or another piece that's in the show is a, a figure pulling away from a wall and there's all these arms holding it back. Well, that that's right when I was trying to leave the law firm. You know, that's what that stems from. And all these people telling me I was crazy. And what are you doing? Right. You know, so certain pieces have certain grounded moments in my life, I suppose. I'm curious about some of those pieces that have been around for a while that you feel like don't speak to you anymore and that you, what do you do with them? Do you put them away? Do you they're deconstruct more, them? They're more replica oriented pieces. Hmm. Like, like I mentioned, uh, baseballs and apples and things that I did when I was very, just starting out, right. which were great ways to hone my skills. But uh, do they stand up to this day? I, you know, maybe to a certain extent, just to see my progression and my history. But, you know, if space is a premium, which it is often, uh, I'll take those out. But yeah. And plus, there's like a. It seems like you're 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 right in the heart of exploring like the richness of your of your experience. Like as you sure. get older, as you as you have more complex feelings and right. what have you. Exactly. I'm curious. Is is there anybody in your house playing with bricks now besides you? I oh mean, God, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have any Lego bricks in my in my house. Really? Is that crazy? No. Uh, I, I agree. I, I. It is. They they stay at the at the studio. Uh, the art studio has plenty of bricks there for me to work with. And so when I get home, I want to do something else these days. You know, I like to cook. I think if, if I wasn't, if I wasn't uh, doing this, I might uh, pursue being a chef. I, I think you made the right choice, though. I think, that, <laughs> I think a lot of chefs out there listening are like, man, this is a, this is a hustle and it's hot. Right. That's true. <laughs> and That's it's, true. Hot. it's potentially dangerous. <laughs> I, I'm curious what, what you're what you're thinking about next, you know, your art has evolved so much, you know, yeah. um, where do you find yourself interested in exploring? Like when you go back that you can talk a little bit about, well, I mean, with the show still touring, I'm mm-hmm. always adding tweaking. Um, I have some ideas. I have, I have a long list of ideas. I mean, in fact, one of the best parts of my day is I also get requests constantly. Oh. So when I open up my email in the morning, it's always the most random requests from folks, you know, just, some are crazy, some are fun, some are intriguing, and I'll pick and choose a few projects from now and then and, and you know take them on. And so what's next can be a variety of different things, but I do take on commissions still. Just, you know, if there's something interesting out there, I'll take it on. What's one of the commissions that you've gotten that you were really excited about? Well, I think really... I mentioned the Batmobile. The Batmobile. Did, Batmobile I, yeah. did I bring up the Batmobile? Oh, yeah. Let me tell yeah. you about the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, something like that is, is a once-in-a-lifetime. Warner Brothers reached out, DC Comics, and everyone's like, okay, I can, I can do something like this. Um, those kind of type of projects are a little more commercial than I love, but it's it's still fun. It's right. still fun. I mean, I've, I've done – did a project for the Oscars – years ago where I was building Lego Oscars that were given out to the audience in the, in the show. Like that was something I never thought about. So just random stuff like that comes up and uh, you know, I'm like, all right, this is kind of neat. No, I've never seen it before. Let's do it. Well, Nathan, I'm excited about the exhibit, but also to see what you're going to create next and how the exhibits change. So thank you so much for spending the hour with us. It was honestly a real pleasure. Thanks for having me, Carlos. Our guest today was Nathan Sawaya. He's a contemporary artist who uses Lego bricks exclusively for his art. His exhibition is The Art of the Brick, and it opens on Saturday at the Olympia Theater in Miami. You can find tickets at theartofthebrickexpo.com. You can also find him on Instagram at Nathan Sawaya, S-A-W-A-Y-A. And that's Sundown for Thursday, January 25th. Leslie Obay Atkinson is our lead producer. Our producer is Elisa Baena. We were assisted today by Alyssa Ramos. 
Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. Katie Munoz is our Director of Live Programming. Peter J. Meritz is WLRN's VP of Radio. And our engineer is Richard Ives. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at GoPalo.com. You can download a podcast of this program. Just search for WLRN Sundial on your podcast app. Coming up next week on the program, Ari Kananana has been famous for going around the globe cleaning some of the messiest homes. She's here in South Florida, and she tells us how cleaning has had a positive impact on her own mental health. Maybe we'll get her to help clean up the studio. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only. WLRN Public Media.